Hey everybody, welcome to Media Review Pod. It's a variety podcast of discussions, opinions, and interviews focusing on the entertainment side of media. My name is Richard Santiago, and today we'll be talking about the new film by director David Gordon Green, Halloween, which is a direct sequel to the 1978 slasher film of the same name. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Media Review Pod, or you can hit us on our email. It's mediareviewpod at gmail.com. You can uh, send us any questions or comments there. Here with me today to discuss Halloween, among other things, is our guest of the day, the multi-hyphenated teacher, professor, journalist, Aurora Lydia Dominguez. Welcome to the pod. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'm very excited to be a part of the pod. Well, thanks for being here. Um, How's the weather over there in Miami? The weather's actually fabulous. We've been having some awful, like, really humid weather, but today we actually woke up to the 60s, so oh. that's really nice. Yeah, that's it's great. I mean, I think I think it started cooling for the last three days, I think, so it's time. Yeah, so finally, I, guess, I think we're going to get that. Wait. Finally feeling like we're hitting that fall sweet spot, so I think we'll be good. It's great. I think we'll be good. <laughs> great weather <laughs> we'll just in time for trick-or-treating, I think. Yes, we're going to have a nice Halloween. Yeah, yeah, uh, unless it rains. Unless it rains, let's pray the weather holds on. Exactly. Right. Uh, so here's what we're going to do today. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's been helping us procrastinate recently. And uh, we'll also discuss uh, the new movie Halloween 2018, not to be confused with uh, Halloween 1978 or the Rob Zombie Halloween from 2007. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, yeah, there are the, uh, so many. Mo- how, do you know how many movies are in the Halloween franchise? Like, I do not know, but there's so many. And I do remember, you know, I feel like the first one was one of those amazing classics that I will forever rewatch before the actual Halloween. Um, but there's been so many. And I just think this this new one, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it, but this new one is certainly something to talk about. Okay. So, well, yeah. Okay. So before we do that, uh, there's something brewing up in the publishing world involving you. And it's, yes. a, it's an anthology book compiled by author J.D. Neto. It's called Safe by the Page. Yes. And it's coming out when, when, when? It's in November? When? It comes What's... out November 13th. Great. Um, in November 13th. And it is just such an amazing collection so, of stories. So just to catch our audience up with this, I'd like to talk a little bit about you first. Um, yes. And then, uh, so so for all of you guys out there, our audience, Aurora and I go way back to elementary school. Um, Yay! <laughs> pre- preschool. Were you there at preschool? Preschool. Yeah, yeah I was. Kindergarten, awesome. baby. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So, kindergarten and all the way up to the day we graduated. You know, even, I think, yeah, you were in... You were in uh, undergrad with me as well, right? I was. We yeah. actually went to the same university for a nice amount of time. All right. And I we, was we there. We did some theater yeah, as well. Great. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, guys, we go way, way back. Um, yes. But anyway, anyway, so, so to, to let our audience know, where were you born and raised? So, I was born and raised in Trujillo Alto, Puerto Rico. So, that's, you know, really close to San Juan. So, um, it was just amazing. I feel like it helped me so much to to all the things that I've just accomplished in my life. And, you know, we went to Cupeyo, and that was just a really small group of students mm-hmm. um, in our class. So I feel like that background just really has helped me so much. Um, I mean, I have great memories of that time in my life. I feel like 
in Puerto Rico, we were able to all of us have just such great relationships um, and just really have great friendships that just last forever. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when I was in Capable, I was always in the school paper. So yeah, <laughs> yep. we're going to talk about so that. that. <laughs> That led to like a very, very long journalism career, which I still pursue. Um, I currently I write for Frolic Media about books and pop culture. I write for some magazines in Miami. Um, I have worked for J14 magazine and, and um, the Miami Herald. Um, and now I feel like I can do that. And, you know, I became a teacher about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I've been a professor for about 10 years at FIU, now UM. Um, and it's just, when I became a professor, when I was with the Miami Herald, it just really like woke up that sense of, I want to teach. Like, I just loved it so much. And now I actually pursue that at Boca Raton Community High School. So I teach ninth and 10th graders while on the side, I'm also a journalist and I write and I have interviewed so many people in my career. And it's just, I feel like just our background and just growing up in San Juan and just the great education we got there. And just that love for pop culture just led to me pursuing that career. And how did you end up in Miami then? So I got a scholarship um, back in 2004. Of, it was 10, 10 people who were chosen in, in Puerto Rico to pursue their master's at awesome. FIU, Florida International University. Um, and I moved to Miami and I just really loved it here. And I stayed in Florida and just never looked back and just pursued my career over here. Um, okay, so you we went to Miami, you studied journalism, and, you know, like like you said before, I remember you being part of the school paper. School um, paper, books, pop culture, right. that was my life. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you, you've always been a, a, an avid reader, um, mm-hmm. something that I envy. I, I, mm-hmm. I literally have no idea how you have enough time to read so many books. I Which... wake up so early. I think that's <laughs> how I do it. My husband's always like, my husband's fashion. Um, he's always like, oh my God, like, uh, how do you do it? And I'm like, I just wake up super early. I try to set aside at least an hour of reading time um, in the weekends, you know, and, and just especially with my with my column um, in frolicmedia.com. Like, I have to keep keep uh, keep in touch with what's going on and the new books coming out. Um and I'm also like now helping out once in a while because I love teaching college, but I'm taking a break from that in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got approached by Books A Million here in Sunrise, Florida to kind of help them out with some events and, and book selling. And I'm like, wow, like the book thing really has taken off for me, yeah. you know. Okay. And now that I, you know, I'm so excited to be published in Safe by the Page. Um, it's just it's just such an honor when I got asked to be a part of it by my good friend and he's an author um mm-hmm. he's been he has a, a nice series called whispers of the fallen and when he told me please contribute your story i was like super floored and it's just exciting to be published in a book for the first time all right and you you always you you always gravitated toward journalism you feel yes yes definitely writing and 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 now i'm just i'm just so excited about actually being published in in a book because that's something that I would love to continue pursuing um that publishing industry. Awesome. And now you've been moderator for several authors, right? Yeah. Okay. Now is that is that something that came out of working for a magazine or Yes, actually thanks to being um the I was the editor for miami.com, assistant editor for miami.com at the Miami Herald. 
Um, and I met some great people while I was there. And one of them, Lisa Polly, who works with the Miami Book Fair, which is actually happening in Miami this November, um, she she approached me and she said, you you would be a great interviewer and interview moderator. So I have moderated some amazing authors like um, Tahir Masi, who wrote the Shatter Me series, um, Samantha Shannon, who wrote the Bone Season series. I also recently moderated Mary Lou, who wrote the Batman book for DC Icons. Okay. Um, and she also wrote War Cross and Wild Card. Um, and it's just been amazing to be able to do that. Um, and this year at the Miami Book Fair, I'm going to be interviewing David Levithan, who wrote the Everyday Novel, which was a movie about a year ago. Okay. Well, that's, that sounds great. Um, now, yeah. now, when you first started this uh, interviewing gig, um, how was that first time? That first time, I was so nervous. And, and, you know, I've been interviewing people for so long. Like, I've interviewed people like Fall Out Boy and The Killers and people mm. in the music industry. And I've always been a person that enjoys interviewing but interviewing in a live environment right. is so different yes. because you don't have a chance to start over you don't have a chance to retry this experience like um I, i'll never forget when i first first moderated for miami book fair i moderated lee bardugo um who wrote the six of crow series alexandra bracken who wrote the darkest minds which was a movie recently um, and then I moderated uh, Romina Russell, who wrote Zodiac. And I was so nervous because it was just three amazing authors, one of them which had a movie in the works. Mm -hmm. And I had a full house, and I was just uh, nervous. But, you know, my biggest advice is um, to always have, like, notes to myself, like, kind of to guide me. Yeah, yeah. So I always make sure I research. I always make sure I find out about these authors and have, like, a top ten list of what I want to ask them. Okay. That way... If, if I'm there in front of an audience, I'm not as nervous. Yeah, yeah, that definitely works. I mean, you you can definitely just start talking and go off the rails and then just to come back to what you actually yes. wanted to maybe talk about or ask is is a yes. chore. Um, and it just pausing right in the middle of this audience, I, I bet it's, it's a little bit overwhelming. Yes, and and to talk a little bit about that experience, not only that, that's how I met J.D. Netto. So oh, J.D. Nice. Netto, I'm, I moderated him at, at Books and Books for his Whispers of the Fallen series. Um, and we became amazing friends. And he loved, like, our, our connection. And he really likes my writing. And mm -hmm. he was like, you should do something. And the movement for Saved by the Page, it came to be um, about a year or two ago where he decided, you know what, there's so many authors out there that have a voice. Let's have a collection of stories of how books have saved people, how reading, how um, just writing has saved people. Okay. Um, and for me, I became involved when he he realized I had gone through a, a very sad moment in my life because my uncle, who was like a second father to me, Angel Aguilar, he passed this February from pancreatic cancer. Um, so I was like so overwhelmed, and I decided to put that story of how he – um, introduced me to the Harry Potter series. Okay. I decided to put that into a short mm -hmm. story. All right. Well, well. Let me let me just say this first. I'm I'm sorry to hear about uh, your uncle. I know I know it, it hit you really hard. I remember you, so you were tough, you yes. were posting uh, a lot about him uh, on mm -hmm. Facebook and how he uh, changed your life. 
Yes, immensely, immensely. He was a writer. He was. He got me into movies. He got me into music. He got me into reading, which became a lot of my career. And I became involved, and I wrote that story, and JD loved it. And it was actually chapter 10 of Saved by the Page. So you said uh, Harry Potter, which I'm a big fan. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I was I was turned to it uh, by my brother. Yes. Because I, I really didn't, didn't really care for it uh, at the time. And he was he was a, an avid follower of every book. I mean, every time a new book came out, he was there. And he loved it. And it's one of those like cult followings. <laughs> yeah. So so after after I started reading them, um, I was hooked. I mean, I was literally hooked. And I'm not gonna say I'm an expert, but I'm I'm sufficiently versed in the Potterverse right now. Um, but you know, don't yeah. ask me about any particular spells because I've and probably okay. I've probably forgotten them. Okay. Well, well you know what? Awesome. Except, except for the obvious ones. Yeah, um, exactly. And I love the whole like the whole connection that it creates with people. Like yeah. it's just created this amazing connection with people. And don't worry, even I, 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 I don't consider myself a huge, huge expert of, in Harry Potter, but I do consider myself the type of fan that enjoys the movement, the type of fan that, like, the first book changed my life when it was mm-hmm. first introduced to me years ago. Um, and I feel like. It, those connections are so important. Um, and, you know, I feel like it's great to honor my uncle with that type of short story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like not only that, it, it honors those connections that you have with reading and with people. And actually, in his honor, I got my first ever tattoo, which is the always um, on my left wrist. Nice. Um, in honor of Harry Potter yes. and him. Yeah. Always like uh, Snape. Yes. Like Snape, you got okay. it, and and the per, the actor who played Snape actually passed from pancreatic cancer as yes. well. Yes, yes. So it was like a big. It was like it's time. I'm doing this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So just to go a little bit back uh, with JD Neto, he's a YA author, right? Correct, young adult. Yeah, he's amazing. Okay. Great, is that, great is, story. Is that your favorite genre? I love young adult books. Okay. Yes, it's young adult, new adult, and anything fantasy. You throw a fantasy book at me, and I'll be like, "Yes, let me read that. That sounds amazing." Okay. Okay. Um, great. <laughs> so, so uh, J. D. Neto, he uh, he wrote the um, the series you were talking about, Whispers of the Fallen, right? Yes. And um, I believe it was he was self published, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay, so he was self-published and found some amazing success. We actually were at New York Comic Con together last year. Oh, that's um, awesome! So he has found some really avid fans. Um, he's got a lot of of great stories to tell. He he has more stories in the works. And what I love about Whispers of the Fallen is that it tells that tale of Lucifer. So it's a little dark and edgy, but just so fun to follow. Now you said you you became involved with the the book that we're talking about, the uh, Saved by the Page, mm-hmm. at, at an interview, right? Yes, at a moderating event over at Books and Books. That's how I met Jason Meadow, um, and and you know when he started the Saved by the Page movement, he approached me and he was like, "You have to be a part of this." And it, it was was it always intended to be a book? It was always, it, it started as a website where people were sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he selected stories to be published in the book. And that was always, um, when I spoke to JD, he told me, that's my goal. Like, that's honestly my goal. Like, I want these stories to be heard all over the world. 
Um, I want people to have an actual book that's published. Um, and if you open up the book, uh, when, when people um, get it on November 13, it actually has all of our autographs in it. Wow, that's so pretty cool. I thought that was just so such a nice touch yes. um, that all these contributors got a chance to be published and actually have their signature in the front pages of the book. That's awesome. Now, do you, do you feel the need to help others become storytellers as well? Yes, I, I love that. And I think that that just goes with my career as a professor and teacher. Like I just, I just see others and I, I see the writing and I help them with the writing. And I've had students come to me and say, I want to be a writer or I want to tell my story. Um, I've had students that I had my first class at Florida International University. I taught it about nine, 10 years ago. Um, and I have students that are now storytellers. They work at newspapers. They work at Univision, Telemundo, um, the Miami Herald. And it just makes me so proud. It's just like I want people to be able to, like, open up their their worlds and just tell their stories, whether it be fiction, whether it be an autobiography, whether it be a, a new story. I just think it's so important. And you remember when I was in, in Copeyville, like, I had a teacher that, that saw that in me, and that was Miss Angela Nieves, mm-hmm. um, I who I still talk to. And oh, really? She, you guys keep in touch? Yeah, we keep in touch via social media. Nice. Um, and she, she's the one that when I was in ninth grade, she was like, she would see me, like I would finish a quiz or a test, and I would like immediately pick up a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the one that always like, encouraged my writing and my reading. And, you know, I want to be that teacher. Like, I'm trying to be that teacher for these students that want to pursue any sort of career that has to do not only with writing, but in their, in their lives. Like, mm-hmm. you wanna, I, that's my goal, just to inspire them. Th- that was one of my favorite classes. Wasn't that class the best? Oh, my God. I know, I know people who weren't that fond of it, but I loved it. You, you and I were fans of it. We were like, this is a great class. Yeah, yeah it was great. Um, <laughs> you I, I, will forever I, be my favorite, like one of my most amazing favorite teachers, especially since she saw that, that in me. Yeah, you well, know, and she, she, encouraged she, she was also very engaging with, with the students as well. Um, yeah. In a no bullshit kind of <laughs> sense. You know, she, she treated us not as just the students, but, you know, as, as kids that would eventually just grow up and, and, and use this for something, use the, the English language oh, for something. Exactly. And I love that you say that because that's what I'm pursuing in my classroom right now. I teach them how to write a research paper. Um, throughout the time and how to give oral presentations and current events, research, writing, what's going on in the world. How can these kids craft a question that they have to answer in a long-form essay? It's very, very interesting. And you see these ninth and 10th graders just grow up, you know, throughout the year. It's great. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm a big proponent of uh, storytelling. So uh, no matter the medium, so uh, as long as uh, you get to express yourself, and having a platform for current and especially future slash aspiring storytellers is, I think it's great. It's amazing. And there's plans for a part two of Saved by the Page, just great. so you guys know. Uh, well, there that's... are plans for a volume two. Well, yes. you know, as yes. long as people keep contributing their stories, I, I bet JD will be more than happy to, to honor them. Yes. And he's that type of person. He is very much a... a, a a person that he says, you know what, these people were well saved by the page and they love writing and I want to have these writers tell their stories. He's very much 
uh, a person that likes to really help others grow. And, and he's the type of writer that is influenced by other writers, but he likes to help other writers. And I think that's just amazing. Right. So uh, it's it's great. Um, I congratulate you for being in the book. And Thank you. And kudos to Jay Dinetto and his book, Safe by the Page, which again comes out November 13th. November 13th, yes. And you guys can actually get a copy on Amazon. Um, pre-orders for Stay by the Page are open. Um, you can get the book right on release date. Um, it's also going to be available at Barnes & Noble. It's going to be available at a variety of outlets um, also online. Um, it's also available for Kindle in, on November 13th. And if you guys pre-order, um, there's actually a, a, a thing going on right now that if you are chosen, you will get two free book con tickets for New York next year. So you could be the winner of two book con tickets if you pre-order the book, which nice. is kind of cool. Yeah, a free yeah, and, It's always good. And and for more details, you, for, for that giveaway and details on how to pre-order, you can all just visit savebythepage.com and all the information is there. And I just think it's a great book. And I, I it's not just because I'm a part of it, but it's just got so many amazing stories. Okay, great. So there you go, guys. Pre-order it and be witness to how the uh, the written word can change a person's life. Definitely. I really recommend it. All right. So let's move on to our next segment, which is what's been helping us procrastinate these past few days. So I've been extremely like into music this past week. I procrastinated by going to two concerts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> nice. I went to see Death Cat for Cutie, and I went to see Hanson with a live orchestra. Come on. You can't beat Hansen. that. Hanson. I didn't even know they were still making music. They are, and they were there with a live symphony, and it was all the shebangs, and it was just the best show I've seen in a long time. And not to mention, Death Cup for Cutie, great indie band, really enjoyed them. Um, but, you know, Hanson, I was like, these, these guys, they just perform, and they're so talented, and the orchestra was just a great touch for, I mean, Oombop with an orchestra. Just imagine <laughs> that. I saw that live. Um, and it was just really cool. And when it comes to TV, yeah, I have been... I saw the first episode of Titans, um, DC's Titans. Have okay. you guys have you heard about it? The DC yeah, show. Yeah, that's, that's the. It's like a reimagining, reimagining of the uh, Teen Titans. Uh, you got yeah, it. Yeah, kind of and a gritty look at it. Yeah, I already saw the first episode, and it was actually kind of dark. Okay. Very bloody, and I don't want to give away any spoilers, but I was like, whoa, they, they but they can do it because DC Universe is like a subscription service. Okay. Um, is, it, is it tied to any of the ongoing CW or the movies? Not at all. It's completely a different world. Okay. I was very surprised. Yeah, completely a different world okay. for sure. Well, it makes sense. I mean, CW is not, you know, it's it's it, it won't be as violent as say maybe uh, something uh, that would be online. So it would be kind of difficult to bridge those. And the movies haven't actually been that successful so not at all i know so God. it's 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 kind of encouraging to know that you know they're not they're not sticking to this whole connected universe and they're f trying to figure this out on their own instead of yeah, emulating exactly. what, what what marvel has been doing 
Um, so yeah, great. I feel so, like Marvel so, has killed it for sure, for sure. And I do love DC as well, but I feel like DC, yeah, they don't, they get like the, the they're like, no, we're not as good, sorry. Like, yeah, they, they, <laughs> people, they people just don't relate as much to the movies that they do to say Avengers Infinity War. Right. Uh, although I am looking forward to Aquaman. Um, I am too. Mostly because of of the director, but um, you know, I, I I'm I'm willing to give it a chance just because Wonder Woman was a really good movie. That was fabulous. So I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping that um, Aquaman kind of follows in in, in that line. Um, Me too. And the, the 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 commercial, just like the, the clips, like what I've seen, just looks amazing. So I, I that's that's a movie I'm definitely going to see. Sweet. Um, anything else? So let's see. And I actually picked up a book, which I started reading, and it's going to take me a while because I picked up Kingdom of Ash by Sarah J. Maas. It is a great series. It starts with, with Throne of Glass and the prequel, The Assassin's Blade. Okay. Um, and it's just a great series. But And Sarah J. Maas is, is a great fantasy author. But this book is close to, ladies and gentlemen, a thousand pages long. What? <laughs> this is Lord of the Rings yeah, level. About 900 something pages of fantasy joy so yeah it's one of those books that it's it's a series that has a big following but she went all out with this last book it's a it's a big heavy and this is the last one book. right this is the last in the this series? is the last one okay. correct all right correct. well it makes sense that she wants to maybe put a little bit go more out with a, go out with a big bang yeah, yeah definitely definitely so that's a, a did you start reading it I started it. Okay. I'm on chapter four. Okay. I literally started it last night, but it's going to take me a while for sure. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll probably have to uh, catch up later on and see how that's going. Yeah, definitely. Close and how about pages. you? Have you watched anything cool? I did. Um, so what's helping me procrastinate these days, um, I was lucky enough to have two days without uh, the kiddos. I have two kids. Aww. So I, I was able to go see The Hate You Give. Nice. And nice. Uh, as I understand, you read the book, right? The book is fantastic. And this is a YA. Fantastic. This is a YA story, right? Yes, and the, the the story is just so powerful. Okay. So powerful. Yes. Um. So the movie for me, it was, it was a very powerful story. Uh, it was told through the eyes of, of the character of Star, who's mm-hmm. um. She's a a a bright, too wise for her age, uh, teenager. Um. But at the end, it left me torn between feeling anger and desperation, you know, to mm-hmm. all these, uh, to, to wanting to right all these wrongs in, in our society. And also feeling like the story didn't quite feel uh, true, to, true to life. And, and, and I don't know, at moments it was a little bit too preachy. Um, Extremely. And that's what I've heard from a lot of people. And, you know, as a big, huge, ginormous fan of the book, mm-hmm. I have hesitated. I'm being very honest with you. I have hesitated going to the theater to see it because I have been hearing that it, it kind of leaves you in, with those feelings. Those yeah. feelings. And, 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 and it, 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 there are very powerful scenes in there. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I have to admit, I started kind of getting a little bit of allergies in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, it 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 got a little misty eyed um at some points, especially there were heart wrenching scenes with this little kid, her little brother, which reminded me a lot of he's he's kind of in the age of my eldest son. And you know, that has to affect me somehow. Um just seeing this kid 
also going through this trauma. Um, mm. So, so those scenes so were powerful. very yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I can't deny it there are scenes that are very powerful and like I said the anger um, it, it builds it up I yeah, heard it just yeah. makes you like just angry you know at, at what's going on for those of you out there who don't know this is not a spoiler I mean this is what the book is about it's about a girl who witnesses one of her childhood best friends uh, being senselessly killed by a white police officer she's black her friend is black and mm -hmm. a white police officer kills him. And unfortunately, yeah. this is something that is very heavy. current. We're still living and it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have to say, yeah, those scenes are, yeah, they, they move me. They, they were very powerful. Yeah. And the, movie, the movie also has a little bit of a, an identity crisis. You know, on one mm -hmm. hand, it wants to deal with the trauma that this girl went through, but it also teases the legal, legal ramifications of being a witness to this murder and it mostly succeeds on the former um yes. i had i have other quibbles about it but you know i don't want i won't go into all of this um because yes. I, I, I do like i've hesitated watching the film but i will watch it because i want to see like how it pairs up with the novel mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you know how it is like People are like, oh, the book is always better, but you know, some movie adaptations can be pretty, pretty great. Yeah, well, um, you know, for people who tell me that, I always, I always say, it's a different medium. I mean, you got it. A book is a I book, a movie so is a true. movie, and you know, sometimes it's really tough to adapt something um, because mm -hmm. there are things that you can do on a book that you can't really actually do on a on movie, the screen. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I mean, because because cinema is its own visual language and it's that it's visual yeah. and film to me so many films just just are so powerful and it, just seeing stories come alive on the screen like you, you can't beat that like it's just it's just wonderful yeah. to see so all, all in all uh, i give this movie a solid b plus um, Ooh, I, not I, bad. Yeah, yeah i did enjoy it i i have my quibbles like i said um mm -hmm. i could have maybe given it a higher grade um, if it wasn't that it, too long, it, it was just got it, got it. Right, and let me see. I've also been uh, rewatching Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, oh, Solo! Nice. Yeah, the kids got it for me uh, for, nice. my, for my for my uh, birthday uh, last month. And Amazing. Did you like it? Did you like? The I enjoyed it. I like Solo. You know, you know how people were like, "Oh, Solo is not that good." I, I own it too, and I actually enjoyed watching it at home. Okay, okay. It was a good time. All right. So, uh, have you been a Star Wars fan for a long time, or? I am a Star Wars fan, okay. and I, I, I've been a Star Wars fan even when I was in high school, and I, and I went to see. Remember when the, the original movies came to the movies, like the theater, like the actual theater? I actually went and saw all of them in the theater which was a lot of fun. Um, and I've just followed the Star Wars experience since, and my husband's a huge Star Wars fan, so that's something that we can, like, relate to. So we've seen, um, you know, The Last Jedi, and The Force Awakens, and Solo, and Rogue One. Uh, I always loved Carrie Fisher, and, and you know, I, I vocally speak about my battle with bipolar disorder. She also had bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. So... I relate. I just related so much to Carrie Fisher. May she rest in peace. But just her her portrayal of Princess Leia was awesome, um, always. And Solo was just a fun movie. I mean, that's all I have to say. I 
I can understand why some people were like, eh, it's nice, I do. But for me, it was just a fun romp. You know, it was just like one of those films that you have a good time watching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, as a matter of fact, I recently recorded uh, another podcast with a buddy of mine. Uh, it's in Spanish, though. Um, nice. And we started, We we I divided it into two parts. So we first talked about the original films and the prequels. And yeah. we're going to record another one in a couple of weeks uh, where we talk about these new iterations of uh, Star that Wars movie that have come out. Um, so I haven't, right. I haven't had a chance to actually dive deep into Solo. Um, mm-hmm. I have issues with the film just because I feel that like it's a, a an unnecessary type of it was like a, story. Like a, wait, let's throw this in there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really glad that I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday uh, mm-hmm. that um, they announced uh, that they actually canceled the Boba Fett movie. Um, oh, and, you know, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm happy about that because they this you know the failure of Solo, um, even though it made money, it didn't make the money that Enough. they expected, mm-hmm. right? So they kind of threw Lucasfilm for a loop. And you know what? Saturation. Saturation. Yeah. So it's good that they're kind of, you know, uh, calming themselves down and, you know, thinking yes, about... I agree. Because as a big fan of, of Star Wars, like, yes, I had fun, but I agree, like, let's, let's give it some time. Let's kind of kick back, relax. Um, and, and I feel like the filmmakers should think about what films are best. You know, like what what stories are stories that are meant to be told right, in right. that universe? You know, this this movie also had a bunch of um, production issues. They changed directors and the script. Yeah, true that. So, mm-hmm. um, so when I when I went to see it, I wasn't you know I wasn't looking forward to it. I went to see it just because you know I've always been a fan of Star Wars. So I said, what the heck? Um, and I came out of it going, nah, okay. All right. It wasn't terrible. Um, it wasn't great either. Um, I had fun, I think, maybe. Yeah, uh, it's like one of those things where you're like, wait, did I have fun? And then, so, <laughs> so I've been re-watching it uh, now on DVD because I, 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 I pop it on. It, I have it. I have an, an online copy. So I go to the gym and I pop it on my iPhone while I run on the treadmill. Amazing. Um, <laughs> so... Um, I, I, there are things that are really interesting about the movie. Um, some of the cinematography just kills me because it's so dark. Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. I, there are scenes there you can barely see what's going on. Um, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but it's it's weird. Um, and I just don't think that we needed to show everything that we know about Han Solo in just one movie. I mean, we get we we get everything basically. We get the Kessel Run. We get when he meets Chewie. We get the the dice thing. We get his blaster. What? It, it's just yeah, so many things crammed into one. Exactly. It's it's like uh, taking basically your life story and cramming it in a, in I don't know what a week. Yeah, it was quick. It was it was it, it, completely. I I feel like it, it was like just taking that story and boom, let's just let's just do it quick. And while I had fun watching it, like you you can probably say a lot more and, and tell a lot more of that story. You know, you I, would, know it, I would have been happy with with having having a movie where Han Solo is fighting in that 
World War One style battle that they have. Do you remember where, where oh, he meets yes. where he meets Chewie? That would have been nice. You know, just that. Because nice. here's here's the thing: when I go see a movie, I avoid trailers. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, cause sometimes they tell the horse the yeah. whole story. So when I went to see this movie, I had no. I, I, I to this day, I don't know if that scene is shown in the trailer. I have, I don't know. Um, but when I went to see the movie and I saw this, it was great. I said, "Yeah, this is awesome." And then we're there for what ten minutes and we're gone. Yeah, you um, got it. So and then Tandy Newton's in the movie for fifteen minutes, and that's if if that. It's um, quick. It was just so short. I, I honestly, from those spin-off films, my favorite one has been Rogue One. That's just, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah. Legit Rogue One. It was beautiful. It was just a great story. If you were to compare, like, those two, if you had to pick, like, I would certainly go with that one. All right. So those are my thoughts, uh, quick thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story. All right. Now let's move on to our feature segment the discussion of Halloween 2018. Ooh, it's time for the spooky talk. Yes. Now, um, here we'll have two sections, one with our thoughts without spoilers, and then spoilerific talk, okay? Let's um, do it. So here's a, a brief synopsis from uh, one of the web pages that I think your students are not allowed to use Wikipedia. Oh, oh yeah, they are <laughs> not. Oh my God, that's like rule number one. No Wikipedia, guys, sorry. All right, well, anyway, it's set 40 years after the original film. Uh, the plot mm -hmm. follows Laurie Strode as she prepares to face Michael Myers when he returns to Hattonfield, Illinois after his skinning spree on Halloween night in 1978. Now, um, the movie came out on October 19th, so that's, mm -hmm. what, two weeks ago? About two weeks ago, yeah. correct. And it, it, that uh, whole vibe has been around two weeks. So yeah. it's, it's already earned $126 million. And, and the budget was like 10, 15 million bucks. Yeah, it was an estimated yeah, $10, $10 million budget, not counting you know, all the ads and all that stuff that they pay afterward. Um, so they're killing it. Get it? They are. Kill, kill they me. are legit. Did, like, did, did you point. catch my dad joke there? I like, I like that bad joke. Okay, That's okay. amazing. Right. <laughs> I love it. All right. Anyway, anyway. So, um, your thoughts? No spoilers. Go. So my thoughts. Fun. It's one of those things where you can really just get that. You know, talking about nostalgia. Like nostalgia is one of those things that I feel is really feeding the film industry nowadays because people want to want to like revisit these characters and then there's new generations that get to see these characters mm -hmm. um come to life i enjoyed it but i'm still a big big fan of the original i really am like it's just i just feel like uh, it, it was just such a classic but i feel like for example when i spoke to some of my students that watched it and that's like the next generation They were like, oh, that was so cool, and it was so creepy, and, like, I saw it with mom, and, and like, she told me about the original. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's something that's going to transcend. Mm -hmm. I, I think so, and it's made so much money. Like, it's, it's just, it's, like, just ridiculous, and I feel like, um, just, I love... I just love her as an actress, you know, and I, I just love the performance um, that that she portrayed Jamie Lee Curtis. How about you? Did you enjoy her performance? I did. I did. Um, 
especially with the PTSD aspect. Yeah, That's yeah. No, no uh, spoiler. It's just reality. Like she's dealing with this this memory. You know. You know, I I think. I think. Um, yeah, her her acting, her portrayal was great. Unfortunately, there wasn't enough for me. Nope, uh, there and, was and not. I, I was mm -mm. I was rooting for this movie to be Laurie yeah. all the and way. And I have a, a bestie, um, Jamil Vasquez, and he's a big, big, huge horror film fan. Like, he's horror film junkie number <laughs> one. He's passionate about these movies. And he, he bought the ticket, he went in, and he came out and he's like, wait for pay-per-view. That was that was his thoughts. He was like, it was fun. I had a good time, mm -hmm. but I feel like he needed more. Like like what you just said, he wanted more. Like Jamie Lee Curtis, he wanted more of certain things that he didn't get. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, anything else? No, that's about it. Okay. I think you know. To be honest, if you want to get in that Halloween spirit, go catch it. Um, mm -hmm. It does get you in that spirit, but if you can wait, it's. You can just wait. It's not necessarily something that you're going to pay $15 for. All right. So, yeah, I want to echo some of those thoughts. Um, but first, I want to preface this. You know, I don't consider myself a slasher film fan. Um, and there's you know, people that are super fans of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. So I agree. I think that you know, out of all those films in the genre, my favorite has to be A Nightmare on Elm Street. Amazing um, movie. Yes, so... I agree with you. And I love the 90s Scream movies. Epic. Right. Great. Right. Go see. All so, the way. So, you know, um, I was just hoping that the hype of the movie and the success that it's had uh, wasn't just an anomaly. And you know, I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it's really rare that uh, where you have a, 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 a killer that's just killing, right? It doesn't really yeah, have just a purpose. Kill that's what's up. Uh, exactly. It's really rare that a movie like that kind of catches my attention. Um, but I think the direction was really well executed. The the cinematography was really nice. Yeah, I you, you know I thought I thought it was a lot better than 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 you know when I went in to see it. Um, but I wouldn't be rushing back to see it again. And you know, but I did have a a, a great time. It was fun. Um, now when it comes to horror, I lean more toward the drama, supernatural, psychological thrillers more than the straight up slashers. Mm -hmm. You know, specifically, Halloween has never been kind of my jive. I don't know. I I, I never thought the Which character. Which has been like one of your favorite like scary flicks that you would recommend? Um, that's kind of a psychological kind of movie. From this genre in particular, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. That's that's a great one because that that that's encompasses, um, you know, it has the slasher guy, right? Um, it has the psychological part of it, um, especially because he comes to you in a dream, right? And then yes. there's the there's the the um, the great backstory of the character of Freddy. He's not just a guy who who's killing. He's he's on a vengeance for a reason. Yes, um, like he has something that they, that just brought him to this point. Right, right, right. And yeah, it's supernatural. You know, it's 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 not true, but it's still it's still um, it's still freaky. I mean, when you think. You're safe when you go to sleep. Um, not really. You're kind of screwed if you're part of this community. Nope, not, not a safe, not a safe spot. Exactly. I love that. And and the the also the, the also the other thing is um, for the parents in that movie in A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm sorry, guys. 
I, I, I have to get this off my chest because um, it, it kind of relates to, to uh, Halloween as well. Hear me out. Mm. Um, so in A Nightmare on Elm Street, you have the parents who um, they are reaping what they sow, right? Because they did this to this guy, right? And they kept quiet about it. And now their kids are suffering, right? So they, they're basically passing on a trauma from their generation to the next. And this is something that we see. There's no spoilers, but this is something that we see in Halloween as well. Yes, um, correct. So, um, yeah. So, so anyway, you asked me uh, psychological thrillers that I love. Yes, um, yes. I, I would have to say um, I like the first Conjuring. Um, oh, nice. Because that, yes. that has a little bit of both. It has the supernatural thing. But then it also has the drama between the um, the husband and wife. Yeah, and it gives you like that real, kind of like that realistic, like this could happen sort mm-hmm. of thing. You know, I, I agree. And it, it doesn't rely so much on the jump scares either. Um, uh, and then let me see what else. Um, it follows. Supernatural, The Ring, the first one. Yes. Good stuff. I need I need to like amp up my my psychological film watching moments because there's so many good ones, you know. And and I feel like kind of these these slasher like films, like some of them are, are fantastic, but some of them just kind of miss the point, mm-hmm. you know. And I agree. even even Scream uh, as a slasher film, I think works really well as well um, because. Well, first of all, the first scene in that first movie is great. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's, it's one of my favorite opening scenes in a scary movie. Um, yes, that was wonderful. But this, this, that, the movie Scream also has so many pop culture references. Yeah. Well, anyway, I digress. Uh, so Halloween okay. 2018. Let's, let's, let's stay on yeah. track. Um, so anyway, uh, I was saying that, you know, Michael Myers... I wasn't particularly interested in him. Um, yeah. you know, in the first movie, he's just, you know, rando on a killing spree. Yeah, he's Yeah. He's, like me. he's exactly. the quintessential <laughs> boogeyman, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he is. And I'm not saying movies don't do that because it certainly worked for the 1978 movie. Oh, it worked. Yeah, it, it, people loved it. But I don't it know. Just, I, I kind of need, yeah. need a little bit more... Uh, meat on my bone for for a faceless character Got to it. work for me. Got um, it. So you know, I I I never quite actually followed the Halloween franchise, um, and it doesn't really matter because this movie doesn't take into into account anything that happened after no, the nineteen seventy eight. Like I movie. mentioned, it's, so, it's one of those things that this generation can watch if they haven't watched the first. That right. They can still get a kick out of it because they 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 don't really go back and forth mm-hmm. um, so i i um i think i've only seen h2o and that I was that. and that was yeah. 20 years ago yeah um, i barely I remember that. that um and i've caught barely glimpses. it wasn't i remember watching it with friends and it just kind of went through me i right. remember that um, mm-hmm. And I didn't rewatch uh, the 78 movie uh, before this one, and I'm kind of kicking myself because um, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of ref- I, I caught some references from the, from, from the first movie that I kind of remembered, um, but I'm sure there are a bunch of others. I'm just, I, I, I don't know. So I'll probably have to 
rewatch that original again. Let's make that a plan. We'll rewatch some scary movies before Halloween is Wednesday. Right. There we go. So as far as Good the call. movie goes, um, I really enjoyed the first act and half of the second. Uh, you know, Laurie Strode is still the centerpiece of the story. Yes, agreed. And um, we see how the uh, the trauma events that happened in the previous movie have basically altered her life. And I, mm -hmm. I really like the way they reintroduce Michael Myers. The director finds very clever ways of always hiding his face. Um, yes. And um, let me see. There's there's a sequence that takes place in the neighborhood of Haddonfield, which is entirely in one shot. And I'm a sucker for those. So that was great. You know, for for those scenes to work... You, you really need a lot of planning and choreography and everybody has to be spot on. And there's another scene involving a prison bus. I'm, I'm being very vague here, guys. Um, it, it involves a prison bus and a father and son and I think it worked great. I like the fact that, like I mentioned before, Laurie is dealing with this trauma and... Yeah, and I think that part is showcased pretty well. Yeah, and, and um, she, she's made these alterations and adjustments to her living conditions to deal with this, and that was fun. Um, I was not a fan of uh, how they paid it off, though. Um, but we can discuss this later as, as well. Definitely, um, and and we'll see what... I would love to, to hear what people think as well. Like, I I'm going right? to start talking to people who, who have watched it and see like what they think, for sure. What about the family dynamics? Did you like that? You know, the mother granddaughter thing that was that was another interesting it was thing it was. which so, i think they could have exploited that a little bit more i, I just i just feel that they 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 um they veered too much in the subplot for like the maybe teens they just glossed over certain things that could have been a little deeper mm -hmm. and maybe added a little more to the story now the third act really lost me Happenstance is one of the things that kills me in these movies. Characters get to the exact place that they need to be for the movie to continue. Again, we can talk about that in spoilers. Um, and aside from Laurie, there's also this subplot involving teens. How did you feel about that? You know, I didn't feel like it was very completely necessary, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I feel like it, was, it felt more like filler to me. Right. How about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally, total filler. And they're probably pandering to to the kids that are probably going to be watching this movie eventually. Um, uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I, and maybe it's because uh, I'm older. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I, I just rather. Like I said, the kids, the kids that I spoke to, like, loved it. Like, they were like, that was so much fun. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. Right, There right. we go. <laughs> um, let me see. Anything else before we move on to spoilers? <laughs> That's about it. All right, so here we go. Spoiler section. Let's do this. Well, what did you think of that end scene? Specifically, the. Let's go straight to that. To, to all the right. End. All right. Okay. All right. Let's all right. do it. Let's okay. do it. Why not? Well, first of all, we don't see a body, so you know what that no, means, no. right? There we go. You know what that means. No. Halloween 2025. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's here's an issue that I have. Um, okay. Laurie, Laurie is pretty badass, right? Um, we're talking, we're talking about Linda Hamilton kind of badass in, in, in Terminator 2, um, where mm -hmm. she's kind of been preparing all this time for the bad guy to arrive, right? And they tease yeah. this so much in the movie. I mean, we see her 
out in the range shooting up some mannequins um we see her uh, uh cocking that gun we see her arsenal she has a basement full of i don't know how I many know. weapons um and then when she, when she grabs a gun it's just she just grabs a shotgun and she just goes what out it, there. I love that you say that because you would think there would be something more to you know what I'm talking about with that with that personality with that type of character. Yeah, um, yeah. you would think there would be more to it. Right, right, and you know this 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 notion of having a booby trapped house, right? Because that's basically what she yeah. does. She she makes yeah. every single room kind of like a a, a, a cell, right? Just in case he's yeah, there. Yeah, she made it like a, like a little like safe place. At least she believes. Right, but you, you know? know, I think this was made a lot better in another movie. Can you guess what movie this is? Oh my god, which one? It's another. It's another slasher. It's a Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. Yes, now, spoil, there we go. spoiler alert there we go. for all you guys out there who haven't seen a Nightmare on Elm Street, and shame mm -hmm. on you. Um, but. The main character, Nancy, she booby traps the house in order to catch Freddy at the end. It, yes. It's a kind of Home Alone you, style kind of thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Did you also feel like, I mean, we were talking about the teen subplot. That kind of lost me a little bit towards the end. I was like, okay, I'm tired. Did you stay for the post-credits scene? Was there a post-credits scene? Yeah, a tiny one um, that his breathing is heard. So he might have survived. Oh, okay, whatever. There we go. So you're right. <laughs> I betcha. You're right. All right. Okay. So here we go. All right. All right. So yeah, I think the booby trap kind of uh, scene, the sequence, was was done a lot better in in this other film. Even Home Alone. Come on. Oh my God. Home hey, but you can't go wrong with Home Alone. Um, Hell yeah. And you know, in in a exactly. Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy gets it good. You know, Nancy Nancy does these booby traps in a night, right? And she kills it, man. It's it's fantastic. Whereas here, That's Laurie wonderful. has been preparing yeah. for 40 years, and uh, she doesn't quite get him. Um, not up until the end. Nope. Um, so. No, exactly. And if and you feel like there's that that like why like you would think there would be you know more more of a better. Um, trap situation mm -hmm, in the film, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. Now, going back to, uh, to let's just go, uh, I don't know, the first act, I think it is. We have the prison mm -hmm, bus mm -hmm. scene, which I talked about earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you have Michael killing a kid. I know. <laughs> That's messed up. I was like, what's going on here? I feel like that, that was just a straight-up message that says, we can go as far as we want with this movie. You know, well, to a point. That, I mean, that's a little cringe-worthy. At, at least for me, I was like, I was like, whoa, what happened? You know, I was. Were you caught by surprise by it, or were you kind of expecting well, something I, like that I, to happen? Half and half, half and half. I mean, I, I, I half, yeah, because okay. I know, I know, uh, uh, slasher characters are are dumb, and they don't look to see who's behind in the in the back seat. They never do. Ah, okay. So, okay, so when gotcha. he came out. Uh, and started smashing this kid's head. I said, "Well, yeah, serves you right. Yeah, you kind of were in the wrong place at the wrong time." Right, right. Um, <laughs> so, so this other scene where where Michael goes on the killing spree, which is the one take scene I was talking about. And you know what? Like that takes me back to what you said about how this character is just like kill, 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 and kill some more. Right, right. 
Right. It's like it's like a zombie in a way. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like not not thinking about it. Like that's that's just what he's made for. Right. And 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 it begs it begs the question: Is he after Laurie? Because at the end, it yeah. kind of seems like he's after Laurie, but all throughout the film, he's just he's just going through after the motions. Everybody. He, after everybody, it's it's just like it's like walking through what uh, just walking around, just doing his thing, and it's like back to back death. You know, but the, the, that particular scene, the killing spree, I I liked it because this is the one shot scene, and you just follow him. He goes in the house, he kills this woman with a hammer. Then he says, "Huh, there's a knife here. I'll use the knife then." And then he takes the knife. He walks across the room. We see a baby in the crib. I I I was almost certain that he was going to kill that baby as well. Oh God, I know. <laughs> Thankfully, he didn't. Deep breath. Um, yes. And then we keep on following him. It's it's just a really well executed scene. Um, yes, yes. When it comes, to, especially with with your film cinematography background, like you enjoyed that, right? Like I thought that was nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, well, the family dynamics of Laurie and her daughter and her granddaughter that was great. Um, and we see how the events from from the '78 film have been passed on to her daughter to the point where Correct. she also has Correct. her I own like trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, she she has her own trauma when the social services take her away from Laurie. Plus, you have Judy Greer. She's great. I feel like, you know, I, I feel like she as an actress always gets the short end of the stick in movies. And it's just great to hear, to see her have more than three lines. Um, yeah, I agree. And then, uh, how did you feel about the turn of the uh, the doctor. Remember the You know that was I mean to me I was a little bit surprised were you or no? Yeah, well uh, there was a point where he puts on the mask and I go wait mm-hmm. wait so so is he Michael Myers now? Yeah, what's I was, going I was on? on the same boat. I was on the same boat. It's it's another one of those characters who has a subplot that doesn't really amount to much. Do you feel like it? Like maybe there needs to be like a like a like a backstory film, or do you feel like that would ruin everything? Like you know, just just for this one character. Well, I just think it's this movie is juggling too many things. Um, okay. Okay. Because yes, it has this character that they introduce in the beginning, which is great, um, and and I like the fact that he's been following Michael Myers uh, for a long time, right? But then we yes. also have the subplot of the teenagers, right? And yes. their hormones and outrageous. Yeah, exactly. and and yes. you know yes. you, you have these the classic uh, uh, scene against the lockers, and you have the classic uh, Halloween party, and you have the babysitters and. You know, yeah, very much like you. Do you remember these books, like the Fear Street books by R.L. Stein? I remember. I never read them, but yes, I do. Re- okay, I do remember. So I yes. read them, and like you just said, like these scenes in 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 the classic Halloween and and like the new one and everything. Like like you mentioned, the classic Halloween party, um, the classic like locker scene, the classic like you know, um, best friend gets murdered and that sort of thing. Like. Like those little, it it just feels campy to me, and I I compare those books to this film. Like it feels like okay, it's just kind of like a rompy kind of okay. This character is just gonna kill, and that's what he does. And and then the teen subplot is very much like a fear streak sort of thing. Okay, like I was reminded of the book so much. Okay, and that's another thing. I mean, Michael Myers kills the babysitter, right? And she's 
mm-hmm. think she's uh, she's the granddaughter's best friend, isn't she? Yes. But then correct. She doesn't learn about it, so it doesn't really affect the character. I mean, as part I of the story, it. including this, it would have been great for her to kind of know, hey, your best friend just got murdered by this guy as well. And you I don't know, know what? Just, I did not think about that, but that is so true. It's just like a waste of time. I don't. I. It I don't is. Know, I don't know. Um, okay, so so yeah, you have the 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 subplot with the teens, and you also have the podcasters, which actually they actually oh, I know. <laughs> they 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 begin they begin the story, and I I was really into it. I said, wow, this. To be honest, that's pretty cool because that just goes to show you they really want to like showcase like what's going on today, like. Uh, media, podcasting. Yeah, you, you have shows you like, know, like this is yeah, so important. yeah. You have mm-hmm. shows like Serial. I don't know if you've heard Serial, the podcast. Oh no, but I've heard wonderful it's, things. It's a great, highly recommend this podcast. Uh, they have it. three That's seasons. Awesome. Uh, season two wasn't as great, but still very compelling. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have podcasts like these, and you have series like uh, Making a Murder on Netflix. Yeah, uh, and what I think is, somebody who watches this film, say, 10, 20 years from now, they'll be like, oh, so that's how things were then. You know, like, right. they'll be like, it kind of sets the tone for 2018. Right. So I, w- you know? I was hoping that maybe the the podcasters would, would have uh, a better ending than... than yeah, 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 I, I feel like it, it just led nowhere. And I thought that was a fun touch, you know, like the, the whole the adding characters that are podcasters. Another thing that's very uh, contemporary to what's happening now, and I don't know if they did this on purpose or not, but mm-hmm. the whole Me Too movement, the whole uh, yes. you know, b- I think, believing and that's survivors. That, yeah, that's something that a lot of people, you know, a lot of my students have been researching, writing about in the past, and it's something that is affecting the world today, and I would agree that maybe that's, that's why that was included. Okay. What did you think about that last shot? You know, the I, girl with the knife. I I liked How it. I didn't that? think it was bad. I think it added to the story a little bit. I didn't mind it as much. Did you? No, I didn't mind. I, I'm just curious to see what, what was your interpretation. Because they don't really speak. They don't say anything. It's just you have the girl. The I know. The pickup I, I know. It kind of left me like, what? Like, what's going on here? But I did, I did like that it kind of adds to that mystery. You know, because you've you got to leave a little sense of mystery in these type of films. You know, you can't just... I feel mm. like when you watch a film that's a slasher flake, like, not everything's going to be completely explained, and in a way that's okay, um, because they're, they're just trying to add to that sense of mystery. And if they are going to pursue having more of these films, like, they want to leave those questions unanswered. That, that, that was my interpretation, mm-hmm. at least. Well, for for me, I um I saw it more as a now she's stained and scarred, like the 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 trauma has been passed on from uh, her grandmother like to her that. mother and now to her, because up yes. until this moment, like she, kind of like that, like that taking it to that next person, right? Like, yeah, because up until this moment, she wasn't really um directly touched by it, like a passing the torch sort of thing, you right. would say. Yeah, so you have Laurie. She has a trauma in 78. She's lived through it throughout this time, right? And now and, this next generation is getting it as well. Right, and she, 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 she made her daughter go through this terrible phase where she was basically forcing her to, to learn how to 
work a gun and be in the basement and all this thing up until the point where social services had to take the girl away i know and then so 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 she grew up right and she tried to to keep her daughter away from all of this but then at the end it just comes right back you know why i like i saw it more as a, as a kind of a mystery like oh we'll see what happens next but I like your interpretation because it makes you think, like, you know what, like, it's kind of passing the torch in a way. Right, right. Like, right. what's going to happen mm-hmm, next? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Anything else? That's about it, but I'm I'm really looking forward to, I, I always try to watch at least, you know, a couple of scary movies before the actual Halloween holidays, so I'm, I'm going to see what I can catch at home as well. All right. Um, there's actually, like, just seeing movies like this inspires me to kind of get into Halloween spirit. Um, uh, no matter what, they're fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, what my 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 Halloween lover slash horror <laughs> film watcher Jamil Vasquez got me Trick or Treat, and I'm gonna watch that before Halloween. Right. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. So guys, if um if you like uh, the Halloween series, definitely go catch this one because yeah, um, for sure, I agree with you. Yeah, it'll 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 definitely bring back memories, and it's I think it's a fun film. I I, I can't deny that I really had fun. Um, the music is great, the direction is great. Um, there are sequences here that are really fun. Yes, yes. I I kind of want to like download some of the soundtrack just to have like that score. It was so much fun. So that's about it for this movie. Now, um, let's uh, talk about your book again. Yeah. Save by the Page, guys. Thank you so much for like supporting Save by the Page in advance. And I really hope you guys grab a copy on November 13th because it's it, it just means so much to me that other people will be reading my story. And not just my story, but all these amazing stories that, that are um, being told in the pages of this book. Awesome. Now, you can pre-order that on Amazon. Amazon.com, Kindle. Um, and I would love to have you guys keep in touch with me. If, if you guys read my story and enjoy it, I can be found on Twitter at Aurora Miami. Um, and I can be found on Instagram at Teacher Life of Mrs. Dominguez. That's my public account. Um, and on Facebook, I am Aurora Lydia Dominguez. Okay, great. Uh, do you have a, a webpage as well, right? I do. I have a feather webpage, which my friend, actually J.D. Nettle, created that webpage for me because he's a graphic designer. Um, And it's AuroraDominguez.com, and I have a contact me page right there. All right, great. Well, you can find us on Twitter at MediaReviewPod. That's Media, R-E-V-U-E, pod. And you can send us emails and questions, comments, and suggestions to MediaReviewPod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to subscribe to our feed and rate and review the pod. Aurora, thank you again so much for doing this. This was great. Thank you so much for having me. After so many years of friendship, I just appreciate you considering me for the podcast. Yeah, and I really hope we can do this again. I mean, this is really fun. We should. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Now, I like ending the... um, the podcast by urging our listeners to be creative in any way shape or form uh, i mean that's the whole point of this pod right i mean that's that's what we consume that's what we talk about so the things we and others create is basically our bread and butter here so to all our listeners out there go and make something express it live it feel it yeah write a book write a story Go create a film, go create a podcast, do anything that makes you happy that is creative. Yes, but please don't forget to breathe.